0: Why, hello there, nerds. I'm Ash. And I'm Nat. And you're listening to Crime Time Nerds, a sister podcast. Welcome, nerdlings, to a special episode of Crime Time Nerds. Today is part two of our series on the disappearance of 21-year-old Harry Dennis Milligan, who went missing from Albia, Iowa, back on July 1st of 1984. Today, we are going to do things a little different, as Ash and I had the honor and privilege of getting to speak with former police sergeant Mark Milligan about his brother's case and where it's at today. But before we get going with our interview, we did just want to share a super quick promo. From our good friends over at Wine, Dine, and Storytime, this show has literally, literally become Ash Ice Candy, and we can't rave about it enough and just wanted to share it with you all. So definitely give them a listen.
1: This is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nidia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy. And we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating while our amateur chef, Cindy, prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics find us the wine dine and storytime podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a follow
0: and with that nerdlings it's time to leave the light and as mark milligan would say what's done in the dark will be brought to light
1: all right, nerdlings, so today we have a special guest, Mark, which we have filled you in on in our past episode. Mark is Harry's brother, so we have Mark on today to answer some questions for us. So how are you doing, Mark?
2: I'm doing great.
1: Perfect. So
0: happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us um, on this episode. So, Well,
2: thank you for having me. Like I said, it's all about getting the word out. So,
0: Absolutely.
1: So, Mark, your brother's case has been one that has sat with us since we first began researching it, since we found it on the Facebook via Michelle. And it's heartbreaking that it's been 36 years without any answers for you or your family. And we we know that you have spent the last 36 years looking for answers to Harry's disappearance. And you and Harry were pretty close growing up, weren't you?
2: yes we were real close growing up like i said we were you know i mean uh we're not biological brothers you know he was adopted and then i was adopted by my grandparents that had adopted him so he was probably five when i came along i was maybe three oh. um so i mean we were we uh you know we were pretty much raised as brothers our, our whole life you know and then yeah. like i say with with me eventually being adopted uh also, uh you know, I mean, it legally made us brothers at that point, so yeah, but that's all that's all we ever knew was being brothers, so
0: absolutely, yeah. I get this deeply. I have two half siblings, and they're my family, they're my brother and sister, so
2: oh exactly, you
0: make yep. your own family, that's my rule, so
2: it was, <laughs> that's true,
0: you know blood is kind of a not a necessity, right. <laughs> So how would you describe Harry as a person just from growing up with him and being so close um and loving him
2: uh, Well you know um he was a typical big brother you know <laughs> as far as you know his, his the way he was you know he was funny he was very smart i mean he
1: uh-huh. was one of
2: those guys that you know i mean uh, unfortunately for me uh, but he, he you know he was very smart he could you know open a book look through it read it once you know, go take a test and and get straight in, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he had no problems with high school and that type of stuff. He was a, he was a people person that, you know, I don't know anybody that ever had an issue with him at all. I mean, he seemed like he was, he was always friends with everybody and, you know, he he was a good big brother. And, And like I say, when we were young, we grew up on a farm. So, you know, we didn't have the modern technology of today to be able to, FaceTime and yeah. text your friends and all that stuff. Uh so we pretty much, you know, we grew up on a farm where you know, early in the morning, mom would say, "Get out of the house and find something to do." So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's what we did all day. Sometimes it wasn't always the right thing to be doing, but yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we got we we got in our share of trouble for you know wandering off into places we shouldn't or oh, skipping sure. things we shouldn't. So, uh, but I mean, overall, I mean, just he was just a great guy. I mean, oh. I couldn't ask for any better. You know.
1: That's yeah.
0: Cool. just looking at his, his photo and seeing the way that you talk about him. Yeah. He definitely seemed like a great guy to know. Yep.
2: He definitely
1: yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Hearing you talk about him definitely brings a smile to my face. <laughs> yeah. You can
0: tell that he was loved. Yep. So in in your experience, do you think that Harry at the time of his disappearance, was he going through anything that maybe could have led to that or what? anything
2: that stood out? Uh, the, the things that probably stood out the most, I mean, like I said, he went through high school. It was a breeze. You know, I mean, he didn't, He didn't. his grades were always great. He had no issues. And then, of course, he went off to college. You know, I think he worked around here in the summer and then went to college down at Northeast Missouri State there in Kirkville, Missouri. And, and I know, you know, looking back, I, I was gone at the time, but looking back through the notes and talking to my parents, you know, he was having some issues with school, uh, which I think was – typically you're, you know, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 years old, you know, he was drinking and partying and running with friends and, and, yep. you know, doing all those things that, that you do at that age. Yeah. And I think he, uh, kind of got off track with his grades. And, you know, I know my parents have said that he was, you know, kind of disappointed in himself, mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that, you know, he had slipped up with his grades and those type of things. But, yeah. um, you know, I think all of us go through that at some point, you know. I mean, to where you're trying to figure out what you want to do and and how to manage time and and still have a, a social and party life, definitely and your schoolwork done at the same time, you know. I mean, um, so I think I, you know, there there was definitely some issues uh, along those lines, but I don't think it would ever lead to the point of him just taking off or you know anything like that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I think many of us, myself included, can definitely relate to Harry in that, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old and going to school, it's a lot. It's a it's a new environment. There's a lot more freedom than you had when you were home. It doesn't mean you're going to to run away. It just means you've made some mistakes. I mean, and that's part of growing up. I like to call it young and dumb. I was definitely one of those, you know, young and dumb. And then you learn oh, yeah. and you grow up and you change that behavior, you know, but yeah. Oh,
2: hey. Exactly, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, looking at it hindsight, twenty twenty, you know, I mean, you know, I hate to say, but some of the the, the bad part about it is is that he was close to home, right? Um, you know, and a lot of his friends that he went to high school with also were going to the same college, so I mean, you just kind of went from high school life into yep. into college life with the same friends. You were, you know, probably less than an hour away from home to where you could you know, come home and be with your friends and be with family and do all that stuff. Um, you know, sometimes I look at it and think, I mean, I know me, I I went through the same kind of growing pains a little bit, but it was not quite as bad because I went in the Marine Corps and went thousands of miles away from home, you know, right. so you, you didn't have all those other pressures of your, you know, your constant friends and stuff like that. So, absolutely, uh, yeah. I think some of that could have been some issues too, you know?
0: Sure. I mean, I definitely relate to Harry deeply. He he reminds me a lot of myself. I definitely did that lifestyle when I was younger. And my friends were, you know, we were all in school an hour away from home. And I ended up dropping out and figuring it out after it happens. It doesn't (laughs) mean you're going (laughs) to...
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of people speculate, you know, hey, did he just take off because of things? And it's like... I can't say, you know, I was the same way at, at that age of, you know, you had your frustrating times to where you said, oh, i would be just better off if I took off and started over and, you know, blah, 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 right. but you never really followed through for, with it. Or even if you did decide, you know, and I knew friends of mine that did kind of decide to, to take off and go do their own thing. I was one of them, you know. But oh, you didn't. Sure. You didn't go away for thirty six years. You know, I mean, you, you went right, off. You yeah. kind of got your stuff together, and and you, uh, you know, maybe did whatever you need to do, and then that was it. You yeah. know, and you come back to your family and your friends, and and, and once you kind of got yourself straightened out a little bit, so.
0: Exactly. Young and dumb. Yep.
2: That's- <laughs> that, oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Ugh. Yeah, and we just want to thank you for your service, oh, you. as it's very admirable. Um, yes. And you and Harry both served in the Marines, as did your father. Correct?
2: Yes, yes, we all did. He, I went full-time Marines. He went into the reserves and was using the reserve program to uh, help with his college. So uh, that's another reason why I just don't think he would have left one there's a certain dedication with being a Marine that you learn becoming a Marine that you just ain't going to give up and walk away from. So I just never, I never would have seen that happening ever. I mean, um, you know, I think he enjoyed the Marines and enjoyed some of the friends he had made there. So I don't see him ever, you know, Going a wall and and trying to get out of that obligation either. So
0: yeah, it seems like he was dedicated. Yeah,
2: right.
1: Yeah, going into the Marines to help with college. That's that's a really big thing for you know he was a kid. He was eighteen, right?
3: right. Sure.
1: That's a a really big thing to do and. It's really, I can't think of the word. I want to say respectful, but... Admirable? Admirable.
2: Sure, sure, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) To be balancing that and to to want to have the drive to go to school and also to want to have the drive to be a brain as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think Uh, some
2: of it was a fact, too, that it was... You know, um, we didn't come from a real rich family. I mean, my dad did all right. You know, my parents did all right. Uh, You know, I think it was part of his way of helping pay and take care of his own schooling, uh, you know, rather than, you know, asking parents and, and doing those kind of things to put you through college. So
0: Absolutely. What was his major? If you don't mind my asking
2: I, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I, I don't know if he'd ever really, I know at one time he, he had talked about wanting to be an anesthesiologist was one of the things that I remember him talking about, but yeah. I don't know if he'd ever got to the point where, you know, I mean, he was yeah. just doing the basics to start with. And I don't know whether he'd ever really committed to, you know, exactly what he wanted to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And one thing uh, we found interesting is that um, after Harry disappeared, you actually ended up going on to become a police officer. I was curious if your brother's disappearance uh, was any influence on your decision to to go into law enforcement.
2: Really? It wasn't. Um, It kind of just fell into place. Well, it kind of fell into place. I mean, I I had come back here out of the Marines and was just, you know, hanging out, whatever, doing my thing. And my wife that I've been married to for almost 30 years now, she actually became a 911 dispatcher. So that's kind of of what, once she became a dispatcher and I I seen what she was doing and spent time around the police and, you know, I mean, because I was, you know, there's nobody around here ever going to think that that was my calling to do out of school, believe me, because most of them would have thought I'd have been on the other side of the bar. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, that's kind of what got me started, in that was my wife had become a nine one one dispatcher, and she did ended up doing twenty nine years as a oh, dispatcher wow. and so uh, that kind of got me interested in the law enforcement side. I mean once I got in, a lot of people thought that was the case that yeah. I had got in for that purpose uh, unfortunately, uh I would say that kind of hindered things to uh. some extent because One thing I always done was anytime I got information, you know, uh, like once a year or so, once Facebook and all that stuff was around, um, social media, I would always put something out there. And you'd usually get, you know, for a little while, you'd get some information and I'd pass it on to other law enforcement officers that I knew to to look into rather than doing it myself, because I never wanted that conflict. You know, I didn't want anybody to say I was abusing my power or, or doing anything, you know that I shouldn't be doing. So I always kind of passed it on, you know, now that I look back, I wish I would have done more because I just, you know, right. I'm not bad mouthing anybody by no means, but I just don't think that the things that should have been done over the years uh, were done. You know, I mean, I just yeah. don't, things we're, were looked into as, as, as much as what they should have.
0: Absolutely. It's so tricky with older cases too.
2: And and it started from the start, yeah. the, you know, and, and I'm not bad-mouthing the initial law enforcement oh, sure. officers that took the report, you know, and, and all of those things. But, you know, the documentation that they done, the the investigation that they done at the time was, was little to none, just because uh, I think a lot of times when it's an adult, you know, that a parent's right. claiming is missing... First thing that you think of is they just took off. They'll be home in a few days or, you know, they're they're out, like you said, being young and dumb
3: Yeah,
2: and they'll come home, you know, or they'll contact you and let you know where they're at. And uh, unfortunately, in in Harry's case, that just didn't happen, you know, and and so right from the start, uh, everything was kind of behind the eight ball as far as looking into things.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's so it's got to be so hard. Well,
2: yeah, you know, uh, I know you guys both know the case. If you look yeah. at what there was at the time is, you know, four friends ride around after the bars close and drink a six pack of beer and drop him off and watch him drive off into the into the nighttime, never to be seen again. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there was nothing else, you know, and nobody ever looked into anything else other than that. You know, right. so I mean, uh, I don't think the, like I say, the initial investigation into those three individuals and and the questioning that should have been done about what was going on that night and taking place and where had people been and assessing like
0: witnesses, yeah,
2: yeah, it, some of that stuff didn't even come to light till, you know. Ten years later, you know, I mean, or years later, at least, because, uh, you know, until you start having the ability to, you know, listen to the rumor mill and listen to the facts and and hear different things like that. uh, You know, that's all everybody anybody ever knew was they dropped him off in his car and watched him drive away and nobody knows what happened. You know, (laughs)
0: and then, yeah, and here we are 36 years later,
2: right? Exactly, you know, and fortunately, today, you know, with. People like you that have podcasts, social media, and all this stuff, Uh, you know, I mean, starting this Facebook group that Michelle come to me and we started, I've learned more in four months of uh, four to five months of having a Facebook page than I've learned in 36 years. (laughs) You know, Um, it's just sad to think that there's so many people out there that had contact with Harry or talked to Harry that night or, or, you know, or know what was going on in his life, and within the last week or two, talking to people, and they're like, well, I thought you knew that, you know, and it's like, yeah. no, <laughs> you yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't know this, or I didn't know that, and law enforcement didn't know this, or didn't know that, because people didn't come forward and just go find the police and talk to them. They were waiting right. on, on law enforcement to come to them, and that is probably the hardest thing to get people convinced of now, is if you know something, say it. Because right. don't assume that <laughs> that I know something or that law right. enforcement knows something, you know, and it's thank God for social media and podcasts and and different things like that yeah. getting the word out, people hopefully will understand that and mm. and come forward and and say even more you know
0: absolutely and it's it's crazy because I think that's a, a big hindrance in a lot of older cases and probably to this day when we have cold cases or unsolved cases is that so a lot of times people assume somebody else already has notified the proper authorities, and oh, so ex-
2: oh, exactly. I mean, just talking to some of the people that I've talked to you know yeah. that I know deal with missing person cases and and stuff like that, um, that's a lot of it is just the lack of of knowledge because nobody's come forward with what they really know. Right. Assuming that somebody else already has, maybe you know. Absolutely,
0: I mean, it was like, oh, I don't want to bother the. I, I think people also have that stigma too, where they're like, well, I don't want to bother the police, and it's right. like, no, they they want you to bother them. They would rather research right. it and say it's nothing than just not know about it, so that they can even investigate it.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, well, I mean, just even before I sat down here for this interview. Probably within the last hour, uh, on on the websites that we have going, you know, on Harry's page, somebody posted an article from the uh, a com- basically a comment from a lady from back in 2014 on the uh, it's the cold case files or the the clearing yeah. house, a missing persons clearinghouse, you know, where his names listed. The comment's been on there since 2014. I mean, I've talked to her at different times over it, yeah. um, but I don't I don't know law enforcement's ever done anything with it. You know, and now everybody that's seeing it on this website is starting to question it. Okay, well, when did this come about? When You know, people had no idea or some people are commenting things that that maybe they know about it.
3: Right. You
2: know, that nobody else knew, you know. I mean, so it's just uh, the whole communicating stuff is the biggest, biggest problem with all these cases, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's... One of the bigger things and with your policing background um, I'm sure you're able to kind of sift out lies first honesty or things of that nature
2: yeah it, that, you know, the, the hardest part over 36 years of the illness is, is the rumors you know yeah. yeah unless somebody says hey I I specifically saw this or I know this you know my first instinct from being a cop for 21 years is yeah. okay it's a rumor so okay You know, it's a story, you know, yeah, you're real skeptical about it. And a lot of the things that I've put together with like Harry's case that I believe now to be more factual are when them rumors continue to repeat themselves over and over, and a different person maybe has another little piece to that rumor, you know? I mean, if it's just a a strict rumor, usually it'll come up, you kind of hear the exact same thing over and over, and then it goes away. You know, yeah, but, right. but the ones that I look at more is when little bits and pieces start falling into place, mm. um, for example, in Harry's case, I know the other night, Michelle, you know she just going through things and puts up a picture of a an old house. I saw that, that. used to be by the library, and it just spurred all kinds of comments and things, and I had even forgot about that house being there, right well, you know that now I'm finding out okay. There was a party there that night. Oh, my gosh. So it, it's like, okay, there you know, I, trying to figure out who lived there, who was at the party. I mean, I've got people right. saying, well, I've seen so-and-so and so-and-so, and, so, and I saw Harry there. I talked to Harry there, you know. So just something as simple as that could be the answer that, you know, solves everything, that puts all the pieces together, but it also fits into other little pieces of rumors, you know, that mm-hmm. I've heard before, so right. it's all about piecing those rumors together and sorting out. You know, some of them are just crazy. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, he run off to Alaska. Okay, <laughs> well, if he run off to Alaska, I'm sure by now, you know, we'd have figured that out. You know, right. we'd have figured that yep. out. You know, I mean, is it possible? Yeah, but is it likely? Probably not. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, yep. So, you know, it's it's back to sorting all those out and just. Piecing the rumors together, you know, I mean, (laughs) and talking to people, you know. I'm sure
0: that's a huge part of it. Um, I am curious if, um, you know, my understanding too, I saw that post that Michelle put about the apartment. That's huge because, you know, Harry disappeared after what, four in the morning. So most folks, I know when I was that age and partying, you were still up at that age, which means that that is potential witnesses.
2: Oh, well, right. Exactly. You know, and I, to be very honest, that's exactly the way I look at it, yeah. because I believe that's exactly what happened is, is Harriet won a bunch of money. And I think, you know, the owner of the bar was known for trying to get his money back. And uh, if there's, you know, this house, where this house and this party's at is right around the corner of the back door of the bar. You know, so wow. I mean, it, it puts more likelihood of of a confrontation taking place at some point. And I, I my theory is at this point is there was a confrontation that took place. There was people that witnessed it, and whether it was intentional or not intentional, Harry got killed, and people witnessed that. And for mm. some reason, have been scared to death for you know thirty six years. <laughs> you know, right. Um, So piecing all that together makes, you know, a big difference. That's, you know, that's the hardest part is is trying to get everybody to come out and just say, you know, hey, this is what I saw and what I heard that night or, you know, whatever. And the other part is, you know, when you start dealing with something that was either accidental or criminal on purpose, whatever, now you have also the added fear of it has been 36 years and I was scared before and didn't say nothing. Now I'm scared. To say something because right. I don't want people, I, I i don't want to face what people are going to think of me now. You right. know, so
0: there's a whole other uh, level of stigma on that.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And,
0: and then there's also the fear of confronting. I'm, I'm sure that there is a lot of psychological issues that go with that too. So, oh, I
2: well, would think there would have to be. There would have <laughs> you to know, be. I mean,
0: you know, and then having to try and talk to a family member who's lost somebody that they love, that's a whole different level. So Yeah, yeah it's hard. It's a it's a very complicated situation. And, you know, sometimes too, the simplest answer is, is oftentimes the most likely answer. Right.
2: You know? And, and the, you know, the other thing that I see being the issue is. Communication altogether to either me, the law enforcement, whoever, you know, trying to get it to where people feel like they're not going to be in trouble for right. saying something. Yeah, You know, I mean, if if you didn't actually do something and you only saw something, right? nobody, you know people can't understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> fear, fear is a big thing. You know? The
0: number one motivator right there is fear.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You know, it could be fear of, fear of somebody, you know, I mean, right. if, if somebody even accidentally kills somebody, yeah. um, I'd be scared of that person, you know, just cause you, now you know what their capabilities are. So. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And then the fear of the consequences, and yeah. it can really color a person's views. So, yeah. um, you know, taking us kind of back into the night that Harry disappeared, would you mind if I, if I asked um, how you found out that Harry was
2: missing? The way I found out, like I said, I was, I was already in the Marine Corps. I was right. out in California. And I know that Sunday, my mom and she had called around to a few of his friends trying to see if they had seen him. And I believe it was either that night or the next morning she had called me out in California to see if I'd talked to him, Uh, you know, to see if maybe he had called me or, or, you know, had made plans to come out to where I was at or anything like that. Uh, So that's kind of how I found out, you know, was just the fact that she you know, was scared that, you know, he this was way out of his normal to to not at least contact her and say, Hey, I'm here or there. Right. Um, so Yeah, I know they contacted me and I, I you know, typical I you know, I was eighteen, nineteen too, and I'm like same thing. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I thought, eh, I me mean, he's you know, he's uh off with buddies, he's found a, a gal that he's you know right. shacking up stacking up with somewhere or whatever. Right. You know. Yep. Um he will be home in a couple of days, you know, That's don't worry, right. you know, and that was my thing to my parents I was I ah, don't worry, I'm sure he'll he'll get a hold of you. Well, I think that was I think by Thursday or Friday of that week i know my first sergeant that i worked for in the marines Mm -hmm. called me up to his office and i thought oh oh, what you know i'm thinking i'm in trouble for something and i get up there and he's like you know pack your bags and i'm like Uh, what And he's like pack your bags i got a flight arranged for you we're gonna put you on emergency leave to go home you know uh, you'll be basically be at home but you're attached to the recruiting i was attached to the recruiting office you know where I got recruited from. Uh, So they sent me home for, I ended up home for 55 days, actually just on, on what they called emergency leave where, I mean, they, they paid my flight. They did everything. They sent me back here and, you know, I mean, that was, you know, I'll never forget that, you know, wow. it was pretty impressive of the Marines because like yeah. I said, it was like, you know, just go home, find your brother, see what's going I on because, that. you know, he said my parents had called and said that they hadn't seen him and, and wanted to know what they needed to do to get me home. So, I mean, he took care of all of it and wow. they sent me home. So
3: that's amazing. And I came
2: back here yeah. for 55 days and drove a lot of gravel roads and wow, <laughs> tried to talk to people. So
0: that's wow. That's powerful. That's really. I mean, that says a lot for them too. That was. So oh yeah,
2: it, it definitely does. I mean, it, I mean, I'll never forget that. It was. It was impressive. Mm-hmm.
1: And when Harry originally went missing, like you said, he's probably found a girl with friends, what have you. When did your initial instincts kind of come in, and you think, "Wow, this is this is really happening. He's he's really missing."
2: I mean, when I got home, you know, it had been four or five days, and by the time I got home and my parents picked me up here at the airport and stuff, um, yeah, in that conversation that we had on the way home, and that's when it was serious, you know? I mean, yeah. it was just absolutely so out of character for him that everybody was, you could tell, they, they were upset, you know, and nervous, and uh, I, I guess... The first instinct was, you know, knowing that okay, his age, you know, he's partying, he's drinking, he's doing those kind of things, running around with friends. First instinct was is, you know, he'd probably gotten a car wreck somewhere. You know, that he's out there in his car, piled up in a ditch somewhere down in a ravine or something to where somebody hasn't come across him. And we just need to look, you know. So, I mean, that's kind of where it started. Um, After I was home for a while, you know, then it really hit home that something serious was going on just because... I know the, the highway patrol had put up an airplane to look, um, a family friend of my dad's or a guy here in in the community took my dad up in his personal plane, you know, and they flew the area. Um, and that's basically when I came home, I mean, me and uh, friends of mine, you know, we spent days on days on days, just Um. driving, all of the, you know, gravel roads around here, stopping and looking in ditches, walking ditches, doing all the typical things to think, you know, that he just got in an accident. And, right. you know, after so long, it's just like, okay, and what do you do next? Because the only information we ever had was, you know, drink a six pack of beer with friends. They drop you off at the car and nobody ever sees you again, right. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you didn't even really know at that time what else to do other than just keep looking right. until you run out of options, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, at that particular point, you know, I know in my mind, and I think in my parents' mind, you know, um, nobody ever thought of any kind of foul play, right? Not, at least not initially. You know, I mean, just because you didn't know Harry to have any enemies, he had a lot of friends around here, and and never really had any issues with anybody, and. Nobody was talking out there or saying anything of any, you know, major incidents or anything like that that he'd had with somebody, you know, I mean, so you kind of just kept looking for that option of, you know, wrecking your car somewhere.
0: (laughs) Right. Especially because Harry's car stood out pretty, um, like it it wasn't a a common type of car that you were seeing around town that day. So everyone kind of knew what to look for.
2: Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he had a, you know, two-tone burgundy 77 Grand Prix, you know, that there wasn't a whole lot of them around. I don't even know if there was a whole lot of them ever made, really. I don't think you so. know. so. So it was kind of unique in itself. So, it, it, yeah, like you said, it was pretty easy to, to spot. That's for right. sure. And, you know, I mean, uh, that's the other part of it that's just uh, absolutely amazed me over the years is, you know, where did the car go? You know, I mean. Right. That's a huge uh, piece know, a of, lot it. of A lot of speculation on that one. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Kind of leading in with that, uh, were there ever any sightings of Harry or the car after his initial disappearance? I didn't see a lot documented. The only one I saw was a reference to a – a speeding ticket, but it, it was only for like a week after Harry disappeared. So
2: Right. He, there was a, a failure, to use, failure to use headlight ticket yeah. that came up that everybody kind of questioned. Actually, I mean, I have I've found, I I found have the records now yeah. that show that that was issued like two weeks before he came up missing. Good. It just took that much time for it to actually get into the paper. And that's right. where people got on to seeing it where it got printed in the uh, local paper. After his disappearance, so, but no, it's actually issued a couple of weeks before. I mean, it took a long time to sort that out, but yeah, we finally got that sorted out. I know there was a one comment on there from an ex dispatcher to where she thought she had heard his car ran. Um, the license plate ran a, a day or so or a couple of huh. days after the fact, but we never could find any record of that. And it could have been, you know, it could have been any number of things. I mean, knowing right. the way the older police system worked back then that sometimes well, people don't realize it. But sometimes if you run a, a plate on a vehicle or a person, even the system would sound X things is what they called it and give things that were close, you know, just in right. case. Uh, and that may, I, I think that may have been the case, but I mean, as far as any confirmation of that ever, you know, of, of his car or anything, it's never, never come up anywhere. I mean, you know, from day one, from July 1st, uh, of 84, it's been in the system so that, you know, if there was any legal things done with that car you know like right. changing the title doing anything to it like it that I mean, even it would have it, yeah it would have come up and showed that you know that he was a missing persons and they would have contacted my
1: parents
0: so exactly uh, it would have pinged off of every database in that area at that right. time yep.
2: yeah exactly
1: and i think you mentioned before when we were talking a couple weeks ago that bodies of water around that area were checked for the car correct
2: Initially, um, yeah. initially, I, I believe they checked the reservoir, and then there's one pond uh, that would have been on the main road toward our house uh, that they checked years ago. You know, when it first happened, and didn't find anything. I know since that time, just here recently, we've rechecked three or four main bodies of water. here, That same reservoir, a couple other bodies of water, and we and they rechecked that pond just recently with the new side sonar that they have. The only thing unfortunate about that is uh, that that pond had enough veget; It's deep enough to hold right. a car in it, uh, yeah. but the vegetation was so thick that they couldn't really huh. positively say there's not a car in the bottom of it that's been, you know, sitting there for 36 years. But right. uh, I know, you know, I know myself, and you you got to see the whole area. But, I mean, that was one of the first places I checked when I came yeah. home As I went there and walked all around there, you know, to see if there was even a possibility that you could launch a car off the road, you know. And it's not far, but, I mean, you still got your old fence line that's there and different things to where I would have thought you would have seen some kind of damage. I don't, I just don't think you could have launched a car off of there and into that water without ever leaving a mark of skin marks or anything, you know, I mean, so people uh, would have known. Yeah. I I think, I think you would have seen it by then. I mean, that that was one of the first places they, you know, was suspect of as far as the accident. Yeah, um, that was walked over and looked over for skid marks, tire marks, you know, any of that kind of stuff to show that somebody went into that pond. And I right. just, I don't think that could ever happen. Be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That was actually something that Ash and I had noted as well that yeah. I mean, even we live in Vermont. And I mean, you go off the road and you can totally tell someone you can't even see their car, but you can tell somebody's like in the ditch because you can see the imprint on the grass. Like if everyone was right. searching. Oh, yeah. Which they were at that point.
2: And like that, I mean, even to get into that point, like I said, he had to have been moving right along, you know, for speed. So I think he would have had some kind of skid marks or, you know, even through the grass and the fence. I mean, things would have just been totally obvious at that point, I think. so.
0: And in high um, impact, the car probably, if it was speeding, there would be pieces of the car too.
2: Oh, exactly.
0: I mean, we all see in accidents, there's pieces of the car all over the road. So,
2: yep. Sure.
1: So is this kind of after you were walking the grounds, your dad went out on the airplane. At this moment, were you starting to think this was more than just Harry being a case of like a runaway situation? Were you beginning <laughs> to question the circumstances around his disappearance? Yeah,
2: you know, I did. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I can't speak for my parents, you know, yeah. just because right. I don't think they ever wanted to, you know, think somebody would hurt him. You know, I, mm. and I and I'm not saying that they didn't think that. Right. Uh, but I started to question those things, and and but it was back to that same thing of when you only have such limited information, right? Uh, well, what do you do? You know, I mean, I, I guess one of the biggest things that I've always questioned and and will always question is the three guys that were with him were supposedly friends, and and they were friends. I mean, I yeah. I know at least two of them were really pretty good friends for years leading up to this, you know, and what I always questioned was, I know, you know, like I say, back to the thing of law enforcement, not taking it serious and getting statements out of people of what right. went on that night, and those type of things that, you know, every one of them spoke somewhat to law enforcement, as far as I know, because there's only documented notes. There's no real reports, you know, oh, from man. that initial thing. But the thing that always caught me as funny is one of the guys has never spoke to me ever since. Yeah. And we were friends. I mean, me and him played basketball in the summers and, you know, was a great apart. We knew each other. We, you know, we were somewhat friends, too. You know, we weren't like best friends, but we were friends. And from the day that Harry came up missing to now, he has never spoke to me. Uh-huh. Not one word. You know, and I, you know, I made it known at one point. I mean, I was back from the Marines and I I wanted to talk to all of them and and everything else. And and he completely avoided me, you know, and always has avoided me, you know, which to me, I guess that's one of the biggest signs that I picked up on even then Mm -hmm. that told me something Funny went on, you know. I mean, you know, there was more to the story than just dropping him off and 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 watching him drive away. Because I know, you know, I got good friends still from high school and friends that I had in the Marines. If one of them came up missing, I guarantee. And if I was with them that night, I would know. I would know every detail of that night, still in my head. And I would be standing right there with a family, going, "Okay, what do we got to do next? Where you know, where are we going to look next?" What are we going to do next? Who are we going to talk to? You know, backtracking the whole night, and that's never happened with any of these three individuals.
3: Wow.
2: <laughs> you know, they've all kind of done their thing and went on and act like, okay, we told our story. You know, of dropping him off and and him driving away, and, and that's it. That's all I know, and that's all I'm ever going to say. You that's know, so
0: strange. I, I can't imagine yeah. not getting involved if it were a close friend of mine. That is a that is hard. I can't imagine that. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, I got people that I don't know, you know, now with with a Facebook group that are more involved than the three guys that were last with him, Uh you know, Um, and and their stories changed, you know, 10 years. That's what really probably started more of the looking into, you know, what really did happen that night. But I think it was something more criminal, at least, mm. or along those lines, because 10 years later, you you, you know, same individual, you, you look at a statement that he did give a private detective that was the former sheriff here at the time. right? Um, and his statement's completely different than what it was three days after the fact, Oof. you know, so it can only lead me to believe that, somebody is lying about something you know and and trying to cover it up
0: it's just a question of of where the the gap lies
2: right exactly you know and is it and is it just because you're scared you know Mm -hmm. or did you do something you know i mean what level of fear is in a person that won't even come forward and say anything you know
0: right that night harry was hanging out at a local bar in um in Albia, um, there were quite a few people there that night, and everyone said that he seemed like he was in good spirits. So it doesn't really make sense that he would have just won some money and then just
1: bailed.
2: Right. It's back to that same thing. I mean, backtracking now. You know, talking to different people. Every person that that I know that had contact with him that night said he was in a great mood. Pretty much said that he'd won some money, right, and was happy about that. You know, and, and was just Basically, having a good time. Right. I, I don't, you know, what would make you want to leave? You know, right. and, and and even even if you go to the theory of okay, he did decide that he just wanted to up and leave. I don't know too many twenty-one year olds that decide at four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday yeah. night after you've been out partying. That's the time that you really just want to take off and leave. You know, and you had a softball game to play the next day with your friends. I was gonna so. say, yeah. <laughs> and he
0: was known to yeah. to always keep his appointments, especially when it came to the softball game. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he asked your sister to to wake him up. So it didn't really sound like somebody who was planning to just run away. Right. You wouldn't ask your sister to wake you up if
2: that were the case. Exactly.
0: You'd kind of want to get as far ahead as you could before somebody even noticed that you were missing.
2: Exactly, and I just, like I said, I think that if you was gonna do something like that, you would, oh, you know, okay, I'm going back to college or what, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to my job today, mom, and you know, right. in broad daylight, you drive away and just keep going. You know, I mean, I yeah. just don't. I don't think you pick four o'clock in the morning to, to pack up and go and and not even take anything that you. Own with you Me. you know I mean you have what you have in your car some as far as I know probably some cassette tapes and some softball equipment <laughs> you know right uh, you know that's what made my mom kind of curious and, and nervous in the first place was there was things that he normally would have took to the softball game that morning. Um, and he didn't. And he didn't take them. You know, I mean, so he hadn't been home to get those. So that's kind of what probably made her the, you know, start the nervous thought of okay, something's right. wrong because this is just another thing that's out of the normal.
0: Absolutely. Um, and you know, I know that you've been looking to retrace Harry's steps back in 1984. What is the process that you're looking to do now in order to kind of re? learn what exactly Harry did that night and where exactly he was. What have you been working towards in order to, to figure that out?
2: Well, uh, I know, like you said, you know, you, you're familiar with the site. And I've put a timeline on there that I've, I've, you know, that's probably my most current one. It's probably a little better now than the one that's actually on the site, but it's all about retracing those steps. Like you say, to see what kind of mood he was in, see who he talked to, what he said, um, and just trying to fill in the blanks from three individual statements of, oh, we ran into you, you know, at, at bar closing time and, and rode around for a while. There's more to the story than that. And that's, right. that's the whole ideal is filling in all those gaps so that uh, I guess, in my opinion, it's all about. One, filling in the gaps and two, applying some kind of pressure to the people Mm -hmm. that may know what happened, you know, or the last three guys that were with them to come forward and be honest, because uh, I think the more that I can show that there's things you should know. That you're denying Mm -hmm. that you know or forgot or whatever you want to say uh, I just just think that helps piece the whole thing together and that was kind of my whole idea when when Michelle came to me about the site I mean uh, the first idea was Michelle's um, starting the website was, was a great thing because it got the word out there. It got everybody talking and and that was, you know, and the whole idea was to get the podcasts, to get the newspapers and, and news agencies and stuff, you know, coming and doing stories and, and just bringing Harry back to the light so that everybody is talking about it. And it's, you know, like right now I got, Two thousand detectives out there trying to figure out what happened. (laughs) You know, I mean, I I, I mean, I I mean, it's all about bringing that back to the light, so people will start talking about it. So, and and in my theory, at the same time, you know, being the the law enforcement side of me is all about adding pressure.
3: Absolutely.
2: If you had something to do with my brother's missing, or you know something about my brother's disappearance. And you know that two thousand people in this community are watching, listening, talking and and looking right. at you, maybe that pressure will finally become enough that you go, I just gotta I gotta say something, you know, or you slip up and tell somebody something Absolutely. that tells me, you know, or tells the police or you know, to to find the answers, you know. Like I like I said all along on the webpage, I'm not out for vengeance, I'm not out to see that somebody is, is held criminally responsible. I mean, I guess if that comes to that, you know, it's one of them things where, you know, I'd have to play it by ear at that point, but I want to find Harry. I want to find out where he's at, bring him home, put him to rest, and then we can work on what happened that night. You know, I mean, (laughs) what are the circumstances that led to this, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. For you, it's more about bringing your brother home. It's not so much about prosecuting.
2: No. Absolutely not. I mean, I've explained on there that I do everything I can to help somebody, you know, the first person that comes forward and and tells me or, you know, says, I know this. And then it directly leads to me finding my brother and bringing him home. Uh, I'll do yeah. everything I can to get them immunity, you know, to keep them from ever Absolutely. being criminally prosecuted. I mean, uh, I even got in an argument with the sheriff about that the other day, <laughs> that, you know, told me that's a promise that I can't keep. And I'm like, oh, well, i I, you know, I'm 21 years in law enforcement, too. I'm like, I know I can because if they come to me and tell me, I don't have to tell you anything. I'm not a cop right. no more. You know, that's why that's <laughs> the hard part I was explaining to them. I'm not a police officer no more. So I have no obligation to tell you anything, you know. Right. Uh, other than you need to you need to look here because that's where where Harry's at you know so uh, so I yeah. mean and I get it you know law enforcement's law enforcement you know when I was there I can't say right. I didn't have that same somewhat mentality uh, and I get you know that's probably the hardest thing to convince law enforcement or oh, you know I'm not convince law enforcement but the hardest thing for law enforcement is the fact that. They don't have the resources for these type of cases. I mean, I hate to say it. That's probably why there's thousands and thousands of missing person cases out there is because once it goes past, I would say six months, even three months, six months it's a cold it's, case it's, it's a cold case it instantly becomes a cold case because they don't have the resources i mean i've been in contact right. with here with one of our well he's a former trooper now a state representative that is you know just pushing and pushing in iowa and actually going to put a bill in front of you know in, in front of legislation again this year to have yeah. a a cold case unit Created for the state Absolutely. of Iowa with five or six investigators, that's all they do is go out and work cold cases because it's just not fair. You know, I guess that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Being in law enforcement, you know, I've I always heard that, they, oh, we pay your paycheck. We do this. We do, you know, it's my taxpayer right. money that does this. Well, I kind of feel the same way. My taxpayer money is not being used right. Yeah. You know, if my brother's case gets thrown into a cold case file, Right. Okay. Then, what good is that doing me or anybody? Uh, I'd like to see some of my money allocated to go toward helping people in my situation. You know.
0: I completely agree. I would happily, and I know states that have that in place have had a lot of success with it. Oh
2: yeah, (laughs) I mean it's it's huge. I mean, there's we so have many. Here and do you guys have it there? We, we do, yeah. Awesome.
0: We have a cold case department. And, you know, it's so important to these cases because it gets them the chance to get in front of the oh. DNA testing that's out there now. Sure. Um, You know, we just, Ash and I just covered a case not that long ago that's, actually there's two um that are recently being retested now for DNA. Right. In order to yeah. try and get pings. I mean, there's so many John and Jane Does out there. There's so many potential People like these are all every John and Jane Doe case belongs to somebody, right? Most of the missing cases more than likely line up with these John and Jane Doe cases, sure. So they go together and you need those folks to be able to have the resources in order to put those pieces together at that point.
2: exactly. You know, and I mean, I think that's that's huge. That's one of the things we're doing, you know, that law enforcement is doing with Harry is trying to uh, open up his adoption records and find a living relative uh, to try to get DNA to make sure, you know. So it may sound sick, I guess, but, you know, if they was to get his DNA and put it in the system and, and I found out that, you know, He's yeah. a John Doe in some other state, whatever. Right. That's that's a total relief to me, you know, to know that, okay, this is where he ended up and maybe this is what happened. You know, I mean, it's better than not knowing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, we did come up with an, uh, another way of... Uh, trying to obtain his DNA that we're we're working on also, that one of his old friends, uh, I won't say girlfriend, a a girl friend, uh, you know, had some letters that uh, she had saved from when they were writing each other when he was in the Marine Corps. And she she saved the envelopes, fortunately, along with them. So hopefully there's touch DNA on the envelopes to at least obtain the DNA so that We can enter it in the system to, you know, either one, identify him as a John Doe or at least cross that off the list of, okay, that's not the case, you know, and and then use the DNA, you know, because like I said, of course, you're going to need it uh, when we do find him 36 years later, 37 years later, whatever it takes, you're going to need that DNA anyway to to make a positive identification. So
0: That's amazing that she saved that. That
2: Yeah, I was kind of shocked. I was like, holy cow. (laughs)
0: Good on her. Good on her. That's something that could be the thing that really helps you all. And and, and having it on file is huge because in these databases, I don't think a lot of folks realize, Ash and I've gone into it a couple of times, but what we recently learned over the course of doing this podcast is that when DNA is submitted into these databases for the genetic testing, they test it again and again. Most of these companies are constantly updating and so they're constantly testing that DNA. Uh, so even if there's nothing in the database now, it doesn't mean that there won't be something 10 years from now or a year from now that pings it. And then if it's in the database, they're immediately able to research that. Now.
2: Right. Yep. That's huge. I mean, that's just, getting that out there, you know, those, yeah. those that type of a system is just, you know, that should be the standard. Yeah, I mean, I hate Absolutely. to say it, you know, I mean, it, it should be. be the standard yeah. for every state and, and for everywhere, you know, I mean, it's just sad that like you say, like Iowa, you know, the sheriff has agreed to open the case back up as a, as a criminal investigation. He's asked the state of Iowa, the DCI for help with the case. Uh, oh wow! But, but it's still back to the point of, you know, just like talking to the DCI agent and he's a great guy and, and a friend of mine. Um, uh, mm-hmm. like he said, I, you know, I'm from the area. I've always been interested in the case. I want to know what happened. I want to help solve right. this case. But he also said at the same time, I'm still a, a basic criminal investigator for the state of Iowa and there's only a handful of us. So, so tomorrow, if I have a homicide in Northern Iowa, guess what? I'm I'm going to be up there for a while, you know? I mean, right. so it's just it's the the sad part of being in that cold case category of it's yep. kind of a, when, when we get the time, you know? I mean, right. it depends on all the other crime that goes on in the world.
0: It's true. And, you know, I think it's so detrimental to these cold cases because they get left along the wayside. We see them Uh-oh. growing and growing in decades and it shouldn't be. No. Family members deserve closure. That's something that we're really, it's not even about the criminal side of it. It's just about the closure.
2: Right. And the other thing is, I mean, you know, and I'd I'd put this out to anybody, just like I said earlier, I've learned more in four or five months of having a group, Facebook group, social media group, whatever you want to create. If if somebody's got a missing person, they need to do something like that because you just don't know what you're going to learn. You know, I've learned more in three or four months uh, than I learned in years and when you get the backing of a community behind you and create the, you know, uh, I, I don't even know what, I don't know if it's a frenzy or, you know, I mean, in a way it kind of yeah. is, but everybody wants an answer. I mean, you know, we're, in, we come from a town of maybe 3000 people and to have somebody disappear off the face of the planet in a town of 3000 people, that's just unheard right. of. You know, everybody here, I mean, I could go out and could have gotten a uh, a fight on a Friday night when I was 18. And by Saturday morning, half the city of Albion knew about it. You know, I mean, you know, word traveled so fast. So that's what's always been so hard for this community is just the fact that it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody and one of us just disappeared. Right. It just happens to be my brother, you know, and it's like, okay, everybody wants to know what happened. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's true though. We come from a small community. Uh, We live in one and when a crime happens, it's the whole community who's impacted. It's not, you know, there's so many different levels to it. There's the family, there's those that love the family, there's everyone else outside of it who's affected. Right. Every cult, you know, Ash and I always say this, every victim matters. Every single victim yeah, matters.
2: Exactly.
0: Everyone had a family, everyone belonged to somebody. So I think it's yep. so important that we think of these cases as a community problem and something that we solve as a community
2: exactly
0: and honestly web sleuths are solving stuff left and right these days oh
2: and I honestly believe that the answers to what happened to Harry will be discovered will be found I think he'll be found I think we'll figure out exactly what happened and it'll all be because like you said a community of people want to know the answer
3: Right. You know, Absolutely. I
2: mean, there, like you said, there's so many, I guess, internet sleuths out there, I guess, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that people are constantly sending me messages and, and things
3: yeah.
2: and, and even coming up with ideas. It's like, I never thought to check there, you know, or check this or do right. that or, you know, look into this or look into that. I mean, it's just uh, the, the, you know, the amount of resources uh, is unreal when you start putting it out there to that many people
0: absolutely
1: yep are there any current searches going on for evidence as of right now for harrier's car because i I know on the facebook group you've been kind of having some um things get sent to you
2: like i say right now not i mean there's two or three primary locations uh, that have come up over the years. Uh, one of them here more recently, which is probably uh, my last post on a location there. You know, I, I can't yeah. really say a whole lot at this particular point, but I mean, there's a very good backstory yeah. uh, to that location that, I mean, that could possibly be a location where him and his car's at. Yeah. It's just one of them things of piecing all the puzzles together at this point. Yeah. You know, law, like I said, with law enforcement and just getting back into the picture. They've got some legwork to do. And and at the same time, I'm doing kind of doing the same thing. Uh, Even if it's just a matter of finding, you know, a property owner that will say, hey, I have no problem with you been looking on my property, you know, uh, especially when you're, when you're dealing with looking for a body, you know, I was a canine handler for, you know, several years doing narcotics. Uh, It's amazing the power of, of what dogs can do. And I just learned it just recently that I didn't realize that, uh, these cadaver dogs that are out there that, are trained in, in locating bodies, you know, like these ones that work 911 and different places like that. They say if there's a body buried in the ground that a canine dog can smell that forever. That smell will never go wow. away. You know, so I mean when you have different locations like this and a property owner will let law enforcement come in there. Uh, no Absolutely. harm, no foul. You know, I mean, uh, a, a dog running around on your property is you know, pretty harmless to your property. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what's going on with the last location on there that I had up. You know, there there is a, a pretty good backstory to it, to where that could be a possible wow. location on that property out there where the car was buried and possibly he was buried in the car. So, yeah that's kind of where that's at right now so they've
0: recently <laughs> opened up his case or they're they're looking to reopen up harry's case as a full-blown criminal investigation because initially
2: they have yeah officially it was just a missing persons now the status of it is it is a ongoing criminal that's investigation. amazing
0: that's brand new because i know last time we had yeah. chatted with you that was not the case they were still investigating that
2: right last time i was still in the process of trying to convince them of that. And I think now with some of the information, like I said, that's come to me and and even to law enforcement, I think it justified at least that part of it, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not something that, uh, I mean, it's still a cold case, but it's uh, at least now it's active now rather than just sitting in a file.
0: (laughs) And it's not listed as a missing person. It's involuntary now.
2: Right, which changes exactly.
0: the way it's handled, which is huge for your family,
2: right, and that's part of why, like I say, you know, at this particular point, I kind of gotta watch my p's and Q's of what I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just, just because I don't wanna cause any issues with law enforcement right. and i and I definitely don't wanna screw up anything that they're doing you know uh, or, or hoping yeah. to do but at the same time just like i explained to them i'm not going to quit so no. you know yeah. the minute i feel they're not doing their part <laughs> i'll continue to keep doing my part and and we'll see where it ends up you know i mean
0: <laughs> i mean yeah you've dedicated yeah. so much time to this over the last 36 years so yeah, yeah absolutely
3: yeah
2: but i'm not stopping this time there's you know i can't say i ever stopped But there was times when it was a cold case because there just was no new information. And until the ideal of using social media, uh, now it's a whole new (laughs) ballgame. You know, I mean, and like I say, if there's any family members out there or anybody, you know, that has a missing person and they're not using social media in some way, I think they're really missing the boat. Uh, Just because of the amount of information, I mean, I, it's been four months, I think, since we started that site somewhere around that. And I'm going to guess there's probably not a day go by that I don't get messages from people, you know, asking about this, asking about that, or, you know, saying, hey, I heard this, I heard that. Uh, or I remember this, you know, that's a big one is different people have got into the group at different times and they go back and, and start looking through it and reading it. And then they remember something right? and they're reaching out to me saying, well, I remember this, you know, and I remember talking to so-and-so, or I remember so-and-so saying this, and it's just huge. You know, I mean, that's why one of the big things was getting you guys with a podcast and stuff to get it out there so that more people hear it, more people get in the group, more people, Contact me or contact law enforcement until we find an answer.
0: It takes a village, and, and the more people thinking about something and the more people talking about it, the more attention it draws.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And Facebook, social medias, podcasts, they all weren't around back when Harry initially went missing. Oh, so no this God. is just a huge thing for your brother's case. You know,
2: I mean, you got, you got to remember, you know, I mean, 1984, right. if you wanted to talk to your buddy, you, you called their home phone and, you know, right. <laughs> hope their mom and dad liked you enough to give them the message <laughs> that you called. I you remember know, those days. I'm sure I had a few of my friends that had called my house looking for me Right. and mom and dad never told me. I'd see them later <laughs> and be like, well, I called your house. I'd be like, uh, oh, my mom don't like you very well. Yeah, you know? I, so no <laughs> wonder I didn't get the message. You know, I, it, yeah. I think it's a whole new world now with it cell really phones. Is. And I know it's being an officer. I mean, it made things so much easier. I mean, it's a pain, you know, in yeah. a way, but it still makes things easier, too, because you can track where people are at you know, yeah. and all the conversations and the different things that you have on a phone yep. that people don't think it's about. Crazy. Um,
0: Your phone's more powerful than than a computer nowadays.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, the capabilities alone. I remember those days. I, I Ash probably doesn't. She's a baby. <laughs> but I remember them. <laughs> I always tell her she's a baby. But, um, you know, if you're growing up now, you wouldn't know that. If you're coming of age in, in this decade, you wouldn't realize, like, this is a world where you didn't have, like if you were stranded out in the middle of somewhere, you had no options. Like right
2: you walk to the nearest house yeah. to hopefully get some help. You really don't know who even lives there exactly. or anything, you know? I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of a scary world it at was, that point. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, and that's the other thing that, you know, like you say, with creating a website yeah. and, and social media and all that stuff, um, one, you have all the resources of all these younger people that know all this technology, right. which is way out of my league.
3: Uh, mine but too. you anymore. also
2: catch yourself having to explain to them, you know, I know like, uh, you know, when I first started the website and was just kind of putting out the basic details, some of the younger people were like, well they had to have been hellions or whatever because they were out at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. And I'm like, uh, no, that's what you did in the 80s. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> you, you, you know, you went to the bars, you went to an after-hour party, you hung out all night. You know, I yep. mean, in the summertime especially, you know, people were out and about all the time. Nowadays, everybody's at home with their phones. and <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean, that's really, it, it was a different world back then, even when I, between... The early 2000s, and now it's, it was a different world. I was a 90s kid, so not much, much later, and we didn't have that stuff. You right. know, I still remember when we got our first computer and when it could go online, that was like mind blowing. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> a very different world. And so, yeah. It makes sense that now with all of the invent of technology that we're see- and people being able to communicate so easily, you can get a private message that somebody maybe wouldn't have felt comfortable telling you in person or making that phone mm-hmm. call, but now you might get a private message through
3: Facebook.
2: Oh, exactly. You know, that that's what's happened since we started this mm-hmm. this whole Perry site was you, you wouldn't believe how many messages I get where it starts out with, Hey Mark, you don't know me, but you know, and it's like, like say people that you would have never talked to before. And it's so easy for them to reach out and send you a message with information. You know, like I say, back in the day, they were waiting for the cops to come talk to them. Now they can just reach out and share information with you. And and it's just so easy.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's crazy how things have just changed so much. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Mark, what are some of the things that you have as goals to try and accomplish this year with this new year, 2021, in regards to investigating your brother's case. What are some of the things you'd like to see happen in order to begin to find answers to your questions?
2: First of all, it kind of started out pretty close to 2021. You know, my first goal was to get it open back up as a criminal investigation. You know, that was the main thing. Now that that's going on, my goal for 2021 is, is I honestly believe that we will find him and, and bring him home. I mean, I, I, with the information that's come forward to me and, and the continuing information, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, I, I really think it's all about just talking to that right person that finally decides to say, here's what I know. Um, you know, my goal for this year is to, is to put this to bed, you know, to be done with it, bring Harry home and, get closure, I guess, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. And I, and I, I honestly believe that, you know, it's getting closer every day. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think you said both of your parents have passed on.
2: Yes, they have.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it it would be great for you guys to get some answers that way.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's the main thing yeah. now, just finding him and finding yeah. the answers, you know, I mean, like I said, it's not about, Holding people accountable or anything else—it's just the closure of knowing that we found him, that yeah. he's home, that he's been put to rest, and and for the most part, this is over yeah. with. You know,
0: and your family deserves that peace. It's been a long time—thirty-six years—is a long time to wait. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, you know, that's one of the things I think folks often don't realize is that not only is it the victim that's missing, but their whole families—they don't get. Any answers? They spend every single day wondering what happened to their loved one.
2: Oh, you know, my dad. Like for the longest time, you know, after my mom yeah. passed, um, he lived in in the same place. You know that we lived when when Harry came up missing, and and for the longest time, he he wouldn't move. Oh. You know, he was he spent most of his time in. You know, he was a big BFW American Legion guy with all his service and everything, and and he spent a lot of time in there, and that's in a town that's twenty miles from here in Atumwa. You know, so he was spending all his time down there and, and had friends down there and everything else. And he wanted to move down there, but he wouldn't. You know, for the longest time, he just absolutely wouldn't move because his thought in his mind was, well, if Harry comes home right, and I'm not here, he'll leave again.
3: Aww. You
2: know, so, I mean, it was just sad to watch somebody live with that thought in their head right. all the time. You know, that I, I can't even really go on with my life because I still think my son's going to come home someday. Imagine. You know, that
0: breaks my heart. Oh,
2: I mean, yeah, you couldn't mention Harry's name. <sighs> my dad was a pretty tough guy, being yeah. a Marine and a railroader for dang near 40 years. He was pretty tough. But I mean, anytime you mentioned Harry's name, big old tears in his eyes <sighs> and. And you know he he couldn't hardly talk about it without getting emotional, yeah. you know, because I think in his mind up until the day he died that he thought that at some point Harry was going to come walk back through the front door.
0: Oh, I can't. Yeah. I, that breaks my heart. It really does. I
2: mean, I you know I I, I couldn't imagine living like that. You no. know, I mean it's my brother, and I have all the you know yeah. yeah. Do I hope that would happen. Yeah, but logically that's not going to happen. Yeah. But I just couldn't imagine as a parent. You know, I mean, that's, that's what he hung on to forever was that not, nothing ever happened to him. And someday he's going to change his mind and come back home and walk through the front door.
0: Because then he was still here. Uh-huh. If that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I can completely understand where your father was coming from. It yep. just, it, it's something that's sad. And so, yep. you know, if that's the one thing that comes from all of this is that maybe even though he's passed now, you can rest knowing that you got some answers and that.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. That's the one, you know, that's, that's probably the one good thing. And that's probably, you know, when, when him and mom both passed, you know, that was probably one of the things that made it easier, you know, for me was the fact that I, I knew that, okay, now they know, they know the answers, you know, I mean, so.
0: Absolutely. And I do have a a quick question. And again, I'll lead with, you do not have to answer this. This is purely just, it's your comfort level, but if you could have the chance to, to say one more thing to Harry, um, after all these years, what do you think it would be? <laughs> it's a hard question. I'm so That's sorry. That's a
2: good question. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I guess with what's happened, uh, you know, and not knowing exactly what happened, you know, he was always so smart. Yeah. It's, I guess, I guess I would probably ask him is, you know, how in the hell did you, get yourself in that kind of a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, I just, I mean, he always had, I mean, he was the smart one, you know I mean? Doing something dumb or, or getting caught up in a dumb situation. That that was something that probably mom and dad expected me to do, you know, (laughs) Uh, not him. He was always smart. So I, I, you know, I mean, I guess that would probably be my big question would be what, what happened that, that you, got caught up in, in whatever did happen. You know, I mean, right. uh, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I don't see it ever being, he was smart enough to to figure everything out all the time. Very analytical person. You know, I mean, I just can't see that, you know, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's the hard thing, I guess, to figure out with the whole thing is to me is just why, why, why did you, Get caught up in whatever happened, you know.
0: Yeah, and how aware of you of what was going on to you know to get in. Right,
2: exactly. I mean, you know, I I just think, why would you ever, you know? Yeah, it's (laughs) hard. If it was something to do with money or whatever that he'd won or something like that, why would you argue over it? You know, why would you put your life at risk over it? You know what I'm saying? Just you know, here you go and want about your business, I guess. You know, so
0: so hard in those situations you just never know yeah yeah
1: so one thing we also wanted to ask um if there's just one simple thing that any of us or any of our listeners could do to help you in your search um what can we do we're
2: here to help share the story you know sharing the biggest thing is just asking questions creating conversation and remembering that me or law enforcement May not know what you know. Don't assume right. anything. You know that's probably the biggest thing is don't assume that what little piece of information you may have is something that's already known because it right. it may not be. You know, as like I said, there was a some information I got a couple of days ago. The person's like, "Well, I thought you knew," and I'm like, uh, "No." I'm like, "This is huge." Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard that. You know, so I right. mean, and it helps piece things together, you know, and it's, uh, I think that's the the biggest thing is just don't, don't assume that somebody knows what you may know. (laughs) you Right.
0: Absolutely. And no piece of information is too small.
2: Oh, exactly. I mean, it could be the littlest thing, you know. I mean,
0: it's been smaller things before in other cases that have solved them. So.
2: Sure. Yep.
1: And Mark, is there a GoFundMe or a donation fund or whatnot going on that we can help promote and have our listeners help promote at this time
2: there, there is on the on the harry dennis milligan still missing group there's a uh, a venmo and a awesome. paypal account like i said i think we're up to maybe thirty five hundred dollars somewhere That's in that awesome. neighborhood four thousand uh, dollars that people can donate to it goes strictly to the bank There's a, there's a board of people that's in charge of that as far as how the money is to be spent. And primarily at this particular point, it's all going toward a reward. Uh, for, for information leading to his whereabouts. And then if it don't get used for that, uh, it's going to be up to those people to decide. I mean, I, I don't have no control over it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's going to be up to those people to decide what happens with it at that point, right. uh, whether it's put toward, a, you know, if, when we do find him and bring him home, if it's put toward a memorial service, those type of things. So. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Or DNA testing in the future. You never
2: know. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, I Absolutely. mean, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that could be used yeah. for it, donated for equipment for, you know, local law enforcement, whatever, I, you yeah. know, whatever they see fit or think that it would work the best for, I mean, uh, that's where it would end up at.
0: Absolutely. Um, so we just wanted to, to let you know too that if there's anything anything at all that Ash or I can um, do to help you, you, Michelle, the group, anything that we can do um, to help you guys in your search, please let us know. Um, I believe it deeply in my heart that you're going to find those answers that you desperately need after all of these years. And, you know, I genuinely believe you're going to bring Harry home this, Uh, this year. I do.
2: I do too. Thank you. You're welcome. And like I say that's that's the main thing is just sharing it. getting yeah. it out there and and as soon as I have information that I can continue to share that I think will will help or you know if we do find answers and stuff, uh, I'll be getting hold of you to to put that out there too. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and you know our door is always open to you, Mark. Yeah. Seriously, you know, send us information, if you need us to tweet something out or to put it on our socials, we're here for you. So, we're always happy it's to great. keep the story awesome. alive
2: for yep. sure. That's awesome. And I think that's a big thing. You know, I mean, like I say, I know at some point this is going to get solved and we're going to bring Harry home. And I think that's what other people need to see. You know, they need to see the other side of it, too, that with, you know, uh, an effort by everybody, uh, you can find the answers, you know. And and people need to see that it's not, you know, because 36 years, some days it feels like a, uh, you know, (laughs) Uh, An endless trail that you're going down, you know, So, I think people need to see that sometimes there is a light at the end of that, you know, a lot of these do end up getting answered, you know, if you put in enough effort to find the truth.
0: Absolutely. That is one of the most hopeful and wonderful things I've heard in a long time. And it's so important to remind people of that. Yep. Uh, we can't thank you enough um, to you, Michelle, from who is the admin of the Facebook group. Um, yeah. You all have been so welcoming to us and so so warm, and we are genuinely, genuinely touched to be a part, just a small part of this story, um, and to have been a part of it in order to tell your story. It's been such an honor to
2: us. Thank you. It's yeah. been an honor for me. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are great. So just Aww. keep doing what you're doing. We will
0: keep fighting the good fight, you know. And yep. and I know you're going to find Harry. I genuinely believe that. So thank you, Mark, so much.
2: Yep. Thank you, guys.
0: And with that, nerdlings, we conclude our series on the disappearance of Harry Dennis Milligan, which is now currently a criminal investigation into his missing person status. If you could tell Harry's story far and wide, And if each and every one of us takes that time and shares this story on all of our social media, we can all help Mark Milligan's efforts to bring his brother home. The goal of this is to just bring Harry home after 36 years. We will put information in our socials that you can share, as well as who to contact should you have any information about the disappearance of Harry Dennis Milligan. Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for sharing Harry's story. And most importantly, thank you to Mark Milligan and his Facebook group with Michelle, who's the admin of the group, for telling his story and letting us be a part of this tale.
1: If you liked this episode or any of our others, please hit that subscribe button and feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast subscriber. You can also hit us up on our Instagram at Crime Time Nerds. Or check out our case notes at crimetimenerds.com, where we post references and photos of all of our cases. We also have a Twitter account, which is at Nerds, and an email you can reach us at, which is crimetimenerds at gmail.com. We will catch you next time, you crime-loving nerdlings.